0: Hi everyone. This is Hassam Sultan, real estate advisor with Remax Crest in Vancouver. Uh, Today, I'm happy to be joined by our friend Reza Saboor, Senior Mortgage Broker with TMG, the Mortgage Group. Uh, Thank you so much Reza for making the time to be with us. Thank you, Hazan,
1: for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and join you today. And yeah, I know we have a lot to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Before we dive into the mortgage questions, uh, why don't you give us a quick uh, intro about yourself and about your business?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Reza. I've been a mortgage broker for uh, coming up on 10 years as an independent broker. Um, I work with TMG, the mortgage group, uh, one of the largest brokerages in uh, Canada, and actually the Uh, number one full-service brokerage in Canada as of 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, So very pleased to be there. And uh, yeah, I've been basically in the financial services business uh, for just over 20 years. I started with the banks for about
0: 12 years before I went independent as a broker. Fantastic, fantastic. So without further ado, let's dive into some of the common questions that we get asked. Uh, Essentially, one of the most common questions is, what is the difference between working with a mortgage broker and a mortgage specialist or someone at a bank? Very
1: good question. So we get this question all the time, and it's really
0: important for the
1: public to understand the differences between a bank employee mortgage specialist versus an independent mortgage broker. So first of all, I would start by saying the word broker is actually a word that you're only allowed to technically use in mm-hmm. BC if you are licensed independently. So uh, um, branch mortgage specialist technically is not a broker Mm -hmm. um, because they don't have that independence uh, from the institution they work for Mm -hmm. Um, so the main difference with us is that as an independent broker I have access to many lenders I don't work for a specific lender uh, and I don't work for any lender at all so Mm -hmm. um, it it essentially broadens my reach for access to products and services but it also takes away that inherent bias Mm -hmm. that I may have if I was to work for one employer and sell one suite of products.
0: Right, that makes a lot of sense. So essentially if someone works, you know, walks in uh, to their bank or, you know, actually this, this ties into uh, to our next question. Let's say someone already has an existing relationship with their bank. Why would they sort of explore the option of working with a mortgage broker when they already have that sort of existing relationship with their bank. Is there any specific... Absolutely, yeah. And
1: and you know, uh, we are all about relationships in this business as well. So sometimes if you do have an existing relationship with your lender and you're happy with their suite of products, uh, maybe it's your second time having a mortgage with them, um, you know, by all means, stick with that choice if that is what makes sense for you. What an independent broker does is they give you an unbiased perspective of comparing apples to apples or apples to oranges in some Mm -hmm. cases and being able to give you perspective on whether or not the product you potentially are going to go with in your bank uh, is the best product for you or are there products out there that could be better that your bank obviously cannot inform you of because right. of that bias of the mortgage specialist working for that one institution right. um, you know our job is to be independent is to be unbiased and a lot of the times i'll review what you have compared to what's out there mm-hmm. and if what you have is better i'll just tell you that straight up right and, and if we can get you something better elsewhere that meets your needs better then we have that flexibility to do right that.
0: and you know what there's an there's another point that a lot of our clientele sometimes tell us is that they're afraid of getting their credit pulled multiple times. Like if they're working with a mortgage broker, is that the case? Yeah, so
1: your credit definitely has to be pulled in terms of getting you a Mm pre-approval or reviewing all of your financials at the financial institution. That's ultimately gonna give you the mortgage. It's a large part of your application. However, yes, absolutely to your mm-hmm. point, if, if I was just a regular consumer, let's say I took the day off work and I, and I went on to uh, West Georgia Street where all the banks are, right. and you know, I, I went applying applying for pre-approvals on my own with every bank, every single bank I visit is going to pull my credit report. And if I have subsequent credit pulls in a short amount of time, Equifax is going to penalize my credit score right. because then it looks like I'm credit seeking and mm-hmm. maybe I've been declined and I keep jumping around to different banks and that's how right. they will perceive that. Mm-hmm. With a mortgage broker, you know upon giving me all of your documentation and permission and consent to start working on your file I do pull your credit one time to build your pre-approval right Um, if it's within 30 days that we're approaching lenders Mm -hmm. with that information of the pre-approval right often that lender will use the credit report that I've already provided or they may pull one other time but they won't they won't be pulling again until you have an accepted offer Um, so and and sometimes if that accepted offer came really quickly within 30 days of Mm -hmm. the pre-approval they won't pull again at all right Um, so -hmm. this does protect your data it protects your privacy and it also protects
0: your credit score fantastic so in terms of uh, you know working with a mortgage broker what are the type of lenders that you guys have access to Uh,
1: another very good question yeah so we have three categories of lenders in Canada in general Um, as a consumer you have access to two of them on your own with a mortgage broker you have access to all three the first two are the banks and the credit unions. So you mm-hmm. de- technically don't need a mortgage broker to visit a bank or a credit union. Right. Uh, however, also sometimes we do have special relationships or promos with certain banks where mm-hmm. we do get a little bit of a better rate. or better services, mm-hmm. um, plus you get advisory services with a broker, uh, unlike a bank specialist who may or may not be there right. in a few years when you go back with some issues with your mortgage potentially. Right. Um, so the first category are the banks, the second category are the credit unions, and the third category is a lender type that you can only access through a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. and those are called monoline lenders. So the can, we,
0: can you give us an example of, yeah, of those monoline? Yeah, for projects?
1: example, uh, First National uh, mm-hmm. comes to mind. They're Canada's largest monoline lender. They're actually so large that they are larger than every credit union in Canada combined. Right. Um, they manage just over 120 to 130 billion dollars of mortgages under asset management. They're across the country. They've been around for over 30 years. Um, And And there's
0: something that you mentioned as well, that they're
1: actually backed by TD, is that correct? Yeah, so this is one of the best things about monoline lenders is they're behind the scenes, usually either owned or funded by a bank. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's always a bank involved somewhere. In the case of First National, their primary institutional investor amongst other investors is TD Bank. Mm -hmm. So a lot of their underwriting policies are actually similar to TD's underwriting policies. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in the mortgage broker channel, Right. Uh, First National underwrites TD Bank's mortgages, so. Right. Uh, so you can see the affiliation is quite strong. We have other lenders like MCAP and RMG, whose primary investors behind the scenes are right. Bank of Montreal and some mm-hmm. other lenders. And so this is very common with monoline lenders, but it gives the consumer that protection of knowing that the, the investor behind the scenes is usually a large bank.
0: Right, right. So it's, it's nice to have those sort of options, but when it comes to actual rates, do, do they differ <coughs> between A lenders? Uh, um, you mentioned the banks and credit unions, yes. City for instance or, exactly. or monoline lenders, do they, do they vary? Or? Yeah,
1: they definitely vary. I mean, you know, when we're looking at the A category that falls under the major banks, credit unions and monoline lenders, the A side, um, rates are similar but there's mm-hmm. always going to be promos and specials mm-hmm. or certain niches that one lender will have versus right. another. For example, monoline lenders have a niche category called insurable mortgages, mm-hmm. whereas the banks only have two types, which is insured and conventional. Right. Insured. Which is if you're
0: putting 20% down. Exactly.
1: Or... Yeah. So if you're putting less than 20% down, it's an insured mortgage backed by government insurance. If you're purchasing with 20% down or higher, it's a conventional mortgage. Mm-hmm. The monoline does the same thing, but they have a third category which says if the home is under a million dollars, if the amortization is 25 years or less, mm-hmm. regardless of how much you put down, you could put 20%, 30%, 40%, doesn't matter. Right. It falls into what's called an insurable category, mm-hmm. which actually gives us the same rates as insured mortgages, which you mm-hmm. know is, is a mortgage where if you were buying with like 5% down, which traditionally has the best category of rates. Right. And right. so that's a product and a, and a niche that you can only access through a mortgage broker. And essentially, you'd be missing out on that uh,
0: just directly Th- that, That's an interesting point. So an A lender could be even a monoline lender. It could be First National. Oh, absolutely. could be, uh, yeah. could be yeah. Van City, for instance, or other credit yes. unions. Yeah,
1: yeah. monoline mm-hmm. lenders are A lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a B side. Uh, mm-hmm. Some banks also have a B side. Right. Um, the public just doesn't usually get to know that because right. usually they're underwriting... Um, will always try to approve something on the A side, and then sometimes mm-hmm. they have their own internal B lenders that they've sort right. of farmed that out to. But yeah, like First National is an A lender, just like mm-hmm. a bank. They have a B side mm-hmm. uh, called Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, RMG has an A side. They have a B side called Eclipse. Like, they all have right. A and B. Uh, and B lending, I'm sure we'll get to later in the questions, is more relating to equity lending, which, again, we'll talk about
0: right right so let's talk about the actual steps so let's say uh, actually first the steps do they vary between uh, working with a bank versus working with a mortgage broker Um,
1: not not a lot i mean Mm -hmm. the the basic qualifying steps are largely the same with every lender because they're mostly mandated by the government for for institutions in Canada that are federally regulated. So right. um, you know there's an application process whether that's online or that's a, a mm-hmm. paper application. Most right. most lenders and, and brokers and stuff now work on mostly digital applications. Right. Um, there's a consent to be able to allow us to pull your credit you verify your ID. Uh, so there's some due diligence that's largely the same amongst mm-hmm. everybody because it right. falls under the you know the Bank Act and Privacy Act. And you
0: know what there's a question that we always get asked and mm-hmm. I'm sure you get asked as well, especially from first time home buyers. This, what is the difference between they, they hear pre-approval and approval and firm approval? Yes. What, what are the differences? Yeah. So it's
1: really important to understand that a pre-approval doesn't actually mean approval. Um, mm-hmm. So the word approval in there, in the word, in the term pre-approval is actually Correct. a little misleading. Mm-hmm. It's more. Think of it as a pre-qualification. So. Uh, the application you provide to us, that your pay stub, your confirmation of down payment, your ID, that allows us to build your scenario. So we right. sort of map out what you qualify for. We work out what your maximum budget is. We work out roughly what kind of rates you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And then we submit that to a lender uh, after we have a lot of sort of... Um, discovery conversations and ed- educational conversations between us, we'll usually pick one or two lenders that we'll mm-hmm. send that to, no more than that, because again, our goal is to protect your data and your privacy and your credit score. Right. Um, but once we have that information, that lender will hold a rate for us. So mm-hmm. it's called a rate hold, uh, which will be held for up to 120 days. So that's four months. Uh, but it still requires due diligence once you find a property. Mm -hmm. So once you find a home and you've got an accepted offer, and hopefully you've got your subject to financing window in there, then that's the duration of time we then still have to go through the due diligence of vetting your income, vetting your down payment, vetting your uh, employer, um, and and the bank vetting the property as well.
0: Right, and uh, just to sort of interject here, so from our perspective as a real estate agent, when we're working with a client, the, the, the starting point is actually getting that pre-approval letter. Yes. Uh, it does double duty. Obviously, the, the biggest uh, sort of uh, advantage is actually ha- having that rate hold. And it's yes. gonna be held typically between uh, 90 to 120 days, uh, like uh, Reza mentioned, uh, but it also gives you an idea of your budget as well. But again, we always, when we find a property where we have an accepted offer, typically we have a subject to financing. And it's essentially uh, us making sure that we're actually gonna get the green light for the financing from the lender. So whether it be a bank or a credit union, we want to make sure that we get the green light and Reza gets you the green light and uh, we can proceed uh, accordingly. Exactly, absolutely,
1: yeah. that's exactly it. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it's more of a pre-qualification with a rate hold attached to it. Um, and it's just really important to understand that, you know, you still have to go through the due diligence process. Uh, but yes, the pre-approval certificate hmm. that you do receive from the lender, in mm-hmm. most cases we get a written certificate, in some cases I just get an email, right. um, but it does give a lot of sort of um, extra confidence or at least some due diligence process has already been right. done when you're out there at an open house. You know, if, uh, if you're out there with your agent and there's three other people in the same unit looking at the same home right. up on the same day. And, I, and I'm the seller and I see one of you's got a pre-approval certificate and the other ones don't.
0: It shows that that person is yeah. actually serious, they're ready, exactly. they've, gone, they've got their ducks in a row. They've got their
1: ducks in a row, they've at least had a preliminary conversation with a lender. Right. A lender's at least had their eyes on their documents. Right, uh, so, so it seems like we've, you know,
0: got, we've got two steps. We've got the pre-approval process and we've got the actual approval process. Yes. How long do they, do they typically take? Let's uh, talk about the pre-approval first.
1: Yeah, right? so the pre-approval, you know, assuming your application comes in with your documents that we've asked for, we can turn that around in a day or so. We get the pre-approvals back pretty quickly. Most oh wow. of our lenders will hold the rate very quickly. Uh, so in c- the case, get
0: them within a day or two. Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. In the case of like First National, I often get it back within four hours if it's during the day. Wow. Yeah, so because they're not really underwriting anything, they're not right. fully vetting you at that stage, they're just taking a look at the application, the income, all the all the math makes sense on a hypothetical purchase, right. and they're just holding a rate and moving on to the next file. Right. And so it is generally quick to get the pre-approval. Now once you've got the pre-approval and you get an accepted offer on a right. home, hopefully within that 120-day rate hold window, then that becomes the subject to financing timeline. And you know, the standard subject to financing clause is typically five business days uh, in a market where we're in right now, which is relatively stable and quiet and tilted towards the buyer. At the moment we're seeing that, sometimes we're even seeing up to two weeks in some cases, if the property's vacant or right. if the seller doesn't have immediate plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a market that's super hot, like the market we just came oh, out of, oh, yeah. uh, we were not even seeing subject to financing clauses in contracts, which obviously is a risk and, and it makes our job a little harder. Um, but at the end of the day, that was the market
0: then and that was right. just sort of reflective of what was going on. Right, so everything yeah. essentially hinges on the, on the market conditions. Yes. And even back then, like uh, in a market that's really there's always strategy and there's always ways of going around it to make sure that the client is protected but they're actually able to secure that property as well so uh, uh, again thank you so much for taking the time again Reza a wealth of knowledge uh, lots of uh, information that's uh, that's that's really useful for for the listeners here Uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you how could they get a hold of you
1: absolutely so I've got a few ways you can get a hold of me you can call me at 778-229-4450 call or text uh, my website is SiborMortgages.com uh, My social uh, is basically on Instagram as Sibor Mortgages and on my website there's links to all my different social channels which you can contact me through uh, whatever way is your preference is fine as long as we get in touch and I'm happy to help anyone who Absolutely. has
0: questions. Absolutely, and I'm going to leave a link to, uh, to Reza's uh, 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 digital business card as well so you can definitely reach out him that that way as well. So thank you so much for watching the video and if you have any questions uh, make sure to leave them in the uh, in the, uh, in the question or the comment uh, section below and uh, we'll be uh, able to address those questions.